everyone, welcome to the show. I have updates to share about the John Eastman disbarment trial. So first, I want to let you guys know, this isn't costing him a dime because there's a Give, Send, Go fundraiser that was set up for him. It has already brought in $385,000. It's unreal. The donation page uses all the you know common buzzwords, all the trigger words, all the phrases that they know will work to bilk election deniers out of their hard-earned dollars. So for example, it states that Eastman, quote, has been targeted by hardcore leftist activists who have filed a bar complaint against him, seeking to have him disbarred and thereby lose his source of income. This guy is no victim. He was a willing volunteer in all of this. And now he's just being held accountable. Um, so anyway, um, on the first day of the trial, I shared some of what happened with you, but Eastman, um, when he was testifying, he claimed that he couldn't really recall any efforts he made to confirm the legitimacy of the 2020 election. So they asked him like, okay, you're making all these claims, you're saying all this stuff happened, all, you know, all these nefarious actors and actions and, you know, the, the election was rigged. It wasn't Google gods. Um, but what did you do to confirm any of that? And he was like, you know, I really just, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, he also claimed that he never saw information that was issued by the Georgia Secretary of State, information that which refuted Donald Trump's claims about the election fraud. He said, oh, you know, I was really sick when that came out. I had COVID. Yeah, I mean, it went away. <laughs> COVID went away. Um, and when he was asked about his alleged call to the Republican National Committee Chairwoman, Ronna McDaniel, she, he called her, I don't know if you guys remember this, but he called her, she said, Ronna McDaniel, who is a total Trump sycophant, told the January 6th Select Committee that he called her to ask for help with organizing the fake electors for Trump. Eastman says, you know, I'm not going to call her a liar, basically. I can't say that her recollection is wrong, but I just have no memory of that call. So I'm thinking Eastman might want to go grab some ginkgo biloba. He, he seems to have a failing memory. Anyway, um, Greg Jacob testified yesterday in the second day of the trial. Jacob, you guys might recall, he was the top legal counsel to Vice President Mike Pence when Eastman and Donald Trump were pressuring Pence to overturn the election. So Jacob testified that on January 6th, he was about 35 to 40 feet away from a Capitol window when Proud Boys member Dominic Pozzola, which we've seen the video of this, smashed it in with a riot shield. So that was the first breach of the Capitol. At that very moment, Jacob was involved in a heated exchange via email, I think it was, with Eastman. They were going back and forth about whether or not the vice president had the legal authority to refuse to certify the electoral votes. So he said, basically, he and Vice President Mike Pence, military aide, who was carrying his ver form of the nuclear football, by the way, 
they sprinted back to the Senate chamber when this, when this window broke. And then he said, once he caught his breath, he completed the email to Eastman and he said, quote, thanks to your bullshit, we are now under siege. So that came up. If you guys watch the January 6th select committee hearings, that was also uh, stated in those committee hearings. Um, so under cross-examination by Eastman's attorney, Jacob conceded that, yeah, there's some vague language in the Constitution, and I did question it myself, um, and that he and the vice president believed that some of the COVID-related changes that were made to voting processes did provide an advantage to Democrats. But he reiterated that the elimination of those, what they refer to as irregularities, quote unquote, they wouldn't have altered the outcome of the election. Had you gotten rid of all of those changes, wouldn't have changed anything. And Jacob also said that he believed that the January 6th mob was motivated by Trump and Eastman's false hope that they gave them that the vice president had the legal authority to overturn the election. So Eastman's attorney tried to argue that point. He said, you know, well, how do you know that they, that Eastman's actions or words were what did it? You know, you have no firsthand knowledge of their intent. Well, Jacob said, um, no, you know, I've read their text messages. I've looked at videos. I've looked at written evidence uh, by all of these Trump terrorists discussing Mike Pence and what they hoped he would do. And then I witnessed and also saw in video form their violent rage when they discovered that he didn't bend to Trump's will, including, he mentioned, their chance of hang Mike Pence. Jacob also revealed that while he and the others were hiding from Trump's mob on January 6th, he started drafting an op-ed which totally demolished Eastman's theories about the vote certification process. He said that he worked on that for a few days. He found it very cathartic, but he decided against publishing it because he said it, it could have violated executive privilege rules. Um, so I wanted to also share with you guys what I've learned about the whole process and how things are going to be going down and handled once the trial ends. So according to NBC News, when the trial concludes, the California State Bar members have 90 days in which to file a report. They file all of their recommendations with the California Supreme Court. That body then will make the final determination on Eastman's license and any other punishments. So it is the only court like this in the entire country that specifically just deals with lawyers, deals with issues surrounding, you know, disbarment and so forth. So this could take several months. We, we might not have an answer for several months on whether or not he'll suffer any consequences. Um, but he did a lot of damage, right? He, he did a ton of damage to the country. He needs to pay for that. I mean, Beyond his rhetoric that day at the Capitol, which was bad enough inciting the crowd, um, you know, he just he helped Trump. He gave it an air of legitimacy to see that an attorney who was, you know, working at one of the most prestigious colleges in the country, Chapman University. I mean, their law school is known far and wide. Um, it is a very prestigious school in general, 
uh, but especially their their legal division, and to give it that air of legitimacy that this was something that was doable, that Trump had merit to his arguments. He did that. He, he lent that credibility to the lies. And so he needs to pay and he can pretend all he wants that he doesn't remember anything that he did or said. And, you know, but there's plenty in writing. I mean, it's in his own emails. That's why Judge, uh, I think it was David Carter, who called him out and said, yeah, I, th I think he committed felonies with Donald Trump. It's very likely, more likely than not. So I would be shocked if he is not disbarred. I'll just put it that way, but we'll see. All right, guys, I'll keep you in the loop on all of this. I will let you know when I hear more. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please like this video, share it with everyone you know, tell them to subscribe. You subscribe if you have not already. <laughs> um, if you can donate, that's awesome. The links are down below. You can donate one time or you can become a monthly supporter, which really helps me to forecast and keep the show going long term. I can bring on more help. Um, which means that it will free me up to give you more great content. So it's a win, 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 win. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys again. Love you all. Take care and I'll talk with you soon.